This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. I am the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, celebrating its 25th anniversary and a 25th anniversary special edition of the book with a new afterword written by me is actually out there now. I know these are the holidays, so if somebody wants that for a gift, there you go. It's available. Uh, but we do this podcast inspired by the book every Tuesday, and we're glad to have you joining us here. And as always, Lisa Goitsch is alongside my friend and producer of this podcast as we head down 2022. Oh my gosh, can I tell you something? I just noticed something. When Mitch and I record this podcast, we can see each other's faces, even though we're not in the same city. This is the first time in three years that I am seeing Mitch Album with no hair on his face. I just yep. noticed that. Oh my God. It took you a minute. I was I was wondering if you're gonna <laughs> say anything. I said, boy, that tells you how weak that goatee and mustache was that you don't even notice that it's gone. But no, I noticed right away. You know I was a fan of it. I was I was team don't shave. <laughs> well, we got thirty thousand dollars for it, so that was kind of hard not to do. We did a big radiothon telethon in uh, Detroit last Thursday for the charities that we operate here under the banner of Say Detroit. And amongst uh, the many things that we auctioned off, there were there were great, wonderful items, chances to go to Los Angeles and meet Dr. Phil, chances to uh, go and have brunch with Jane Pauley in New Don't York. Don't even on that one. We'll talk about that in a second. You keep going and then please come back to that. Okay. Uh, win, a, <laughs> win a guitar signed by all the members of KISS, thanks to our friend Paul Stanley and other things. So these were really good things to bid your money on. And then my wife had the very smart idea. I wanted to shave off that mustache goatee thing that I started growing during COVID out of boredom. And uh, because I it would take me about nine months to, to grow that facial hair because I really don't have much facial hair. And I basically have to just sit there and let everything grow and then eventually, <laughs> sh you know, shave off the part that doesn't, uh, that doesn't, uh, I don't need. So my wife said, well, if you're going to shave it off, don't just shave it off on a Tuesday at home, shave it off where you can maybe make some money for charity somewhere. And I said, who do you think I am? Burt Reynolds? You know, like are people going to pay <laughs> me to sh shave my mustache or something? <laughs> Didn't he get like a million dollars a shave? Oh, yeah, that's right. He got like a big amount of money. Yeah, it, that's not happening with me. But she said, well, there might be a charity thing. So sure enough, we offered it up on Thursday during the Radiothon, which started at six o'clock in the morning. And I said, uh, so here's the deal. I, I set this ridiculously high number. I said, if we can get $30,000 worth of pledges 
that basically say, yes, I'm giving the money to charity. Oh, and by the way, uh, use my money towards the let's shave Mitch's face fund. Um, <laughs> and I didn't think we would get it. I mean, 30,000 is a lot of money. And I just didn't think people were interested that much. But uh, we went till nine o'clock at night. And I, I'd say by four in the afternoon, we had like $35,000 already. So there was no escaping it. It was obvious that uh, that was what I was going to have to do. So you got more than 30000 Oh, we got more than 30000 Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, once we reached 30000 we kind of said that's enough. People kept giving money. It's okay. I get it. I get the point. <laughs> so we had a barber come uh, right in the middle of the thing about 630 during the, during the broadcast. And and uh, I sat there in a chair and he put on the lather and it didn't take very long to take it off. I can tell you that. But I had the official. He had the he had the razor, oh, you know, the, the razor, straight razor right? and everything after he did the clippers. And it was a nice, clean shave. And uh, was this I'm... your barber or did did no, like, uh, just no, some guy hear the show? Uh, and yeah, somebody say... that we uh, yeah, somebody that uh, we had brought. Well, no, we, we knew it might happen. So we contacted oh, okay. him. So I just like some guy was like I just a guy it's... walking past with the scissors. <laughs> yeah. No, I hadn't thought about that. No. <laughs> He is a real barber and we had him okay. on call. And when oh, it looked okay. like we were okay. going to raise the money, then we we called him and said, OK, you need to come over here. Rocco, the barber was his name. That's the perfect name for a barber. Perfect name. Yeah. To shave and, your goatee. Yeah. So now yeah, it's gone. And I don't mind. I don't mind it being gone at all. It's 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 although it's more work to shave now regularly. You know, got to shave everything before I just shaved my cheeks and I was done. Now I got to shave everything. But. But, uh, you know, you also don't have to trim it and make sure it's even and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I I tried to call in. I tried to do it on the Internet. I wanted to say I'll give $100 if Mitch doesn't shave his uh, goatee. For the counter fund. Yeah. yeah, but there was all that the drop down was for was the shaving. Uh, yeah, the, we didn't want to offer don't shave because that would just confuse people. And I wanted and I wanted the we didn't don't want a war shave. going on. Yeah, I wanted the don't shave opportunity, but let's get back to the Jane Polly thing. Let's okay. see. I have been doing this radiothon with you for 11 years in some way, shape, or form. I used to come into Detroit and work in studio. Then I just was not able to because this is, for my work, work a busy time of our year. So I couldn't come back home to go with the studio. So every year I have bid on this Jane Polly thing. Every year I increase my money based on my increased income and ability to pay for this This Jane Pauly thing, as you refer to it, is the chance to go to New York and have brunch with Jane Pauly on a Sunday yes. after she's done with the CBS Sunday morning. Show. Yes. And you get to go brunch and it includes airfare and hotel. Right. And CBS Sunday morning is my morning ritual with my husband. We have very few rituals, but that is the show that we love so much. And it's our favorite thing to do together. Like we love it so much. So I bid on it. And this year I went pretty high for me pretty high. And at the very last minutes, I was outbid by $250 on top. Of really? It. It, went, it went for 4,000 some dollars. Yeah. Uh, I went to 3,750, I think. Wow. Yeah. I really wanted it. And I thought for sure I had it in the bag. I was so excited. So last minute last minute bidders they they wait until you're about to close it out and they yeah they and I sh that's what i should have done though like i should have been just sitting there waiting for it but then i got tied up in something and then at like whatever time it was here in california 601 i get a notification that i've been outbid and by and that said and now the auction is closed uh, 
And I was like, ah, oh, I got to wait till next year again. I'm I was sorry. so like, that's the prize I've wanted every uh, year. Why don't so. you just go to New York and one time when you're <laughs> in New York, call me and say, I'm in New York. I'll call Jane Pauley and see if she's got a free minute. And you can drop by and have a quick cup of coffee, and it won't cost you four thousand dollars. Well, that? yeah, but then I'll okay. If you can do that, then then I will send the money just directly to the uh, okay, so just directly to your the charity. charity. Okay. But I like playing the game. The game is fun. The okay. uh, auction game is fun, and a lot of people, a lot of our Tuesday people, were listening. We posted it on the, the group page, and you know. I wanted everybody because it's like now everybody gets a full day to spend with you, not just our little half hour that we do here and that every was week. Thursday with Mitch, yeah, yeah, Thursday, full Thursday with Mitch, yeah, and his well, barber. That was a Rocco. full day, and my boy, yeah, well, he's not, yeah, I'll, I'll probably never see him again, but he, uh, he, he take did a good job. Muscles. It's very yes, smooth. You know, and apparently, some people were also wondering uh, who was the baby that I was holding yes. for a uh, part of the show. That's our little girl, Naughty uh, from Haiti. And I, I think I've spoken about her, but Nadi is is one of our kids from the orphanage in Haiti. And she was brought to us when she was six months old. And unfortunately, she only weighed seven pounds at six months. And mm. uh, the woman who had been taking care of her said that she had only had sugar water to drink uh, or ah. eat uh, from the day she was born until the day she brought her to us. And so we immediately raced her to the hospital and she was diagnosed with severe malnourishment and Wow. anemia and conjunctivitis. So we were lucky enough to be able to get her out uh, and bring her to America very quickly. And we have gotten her medical care and she's just been living with us ever since, uh, I guess, June. And, uh, you know, she's as much a part of our family as I am at this point. And uh, we were going to bring her back to Haiti at the end of this month because we have to bring her back, you know, based on her visa, but then she can come back again and we'll just continue to, we just want to make sure that she gets strong and gets her development up, up to snuff. And then she'll go, you know, live at the orphanage with, with all of our other kids. But for now she's here with us and she basically goes wherever we go. And, and, uh, the radiothon wasn't an exception. My wife, Janine brought, brought her there. And so that, and, you know, I tell you, after you're on the air for like, nine straight hours it's four or five in the afternoon and you've been talking for nine hours it's a nice relief to just see her little baby you know and, and hold uh, a baby she's yeah, so cute and she looks she's really adorable. good she looks very healthy and yeah she's she's made amazing strides oh uh, she's her really weight cute. Is up she's up to like 15 16 pounds at this point and wow. she's you know talking away making a lot of noises and she says dada and mama and all the all the key phrases that make you want to you know race over to her and um she i just left her just a second ago as we started the podcast but um she's up to crawling on on all fours and she she stands up she climbs up my leg you know she grabs grabs part of my pants and uses that to pull herself up to try to stand up but then she gets uh -huh. a little nervous so then she re reaches up for my hand you know like Give me the hand. Give me the hand. Quick, quick. Give me the hand. I'm going to fall here. And Aww, I give her the hand. Cute. And then we, I march her around, you know, but she's going to be walking any, any week now. And once that happens, that's the end of, uh, you know, I, I may not be able to do this podcast anymore because I, I, we have <laughs> to be racing around. Sometimes I've done the podcast where she's right here on the floor. You don't know because she just keeps quiet. She's a very quiet baby and she's very content. So I can do that. But once she starts walking around, that's not going to happen because. She's going to let her write herself right out the door, I'm sure. Maybe she <laughs> Let's explore maybe she America. Right. <laughs> maybe she'll be our new co-host. Yeah. Well, today I want to uh, raise a notion 
to you that I don't know if anyone has ever really considered. Maury went to a basketball game when he was teaching at Brandeis University. And a funny thing happened when he went. And he told me this story. And I always thought there was a good lesson in it. So let me share it with you. And maybe every once in a while, you can make a statement which gets other people thinking about mm. what they're doing. Mm. If you find the right moment, like I sometimes do, we're number one, we're number one. Mm. And I say, hey, what's wrong with number two? Yeah. No. Uh. Never thought about that. No. Oh, no, no, they want to be number one. Right. But maybe they heard, number two's pretty good, all right. right. So something like that, right. not too controversial, right. but stops you for right. a moment, you right. know? Well, where, did you, where did you suggest that, like the classes or something? Or? Oh, where was it? Some game I went to, mm -hmm. basketball game, right. something like And well, how did they respond, like if, if you say, what's the matter with being number two? What, they wouldn't want that. They say, why not? That's not number one. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's so that little exercise, people jumping up and down, yelling, we're number one, we're number one, and then Maury saying, you know, what's the matter with being number two? And nobody having an answer. So that's what I want to ponder this week, just briefly. We live in a country maybe a society, maybe the world, where number one is the goal, being the oh, yeah. absolute best. And all of the commercials that you see, the Nike commercials and the uh, Apple and all the things that, is, that are what I call aspirational types of things, you want to be like the people in the commercials. They're all about being the best. They're all yep. about being the best. And how hard you have to work to be the best, how hard you have to work to be a champion. Think about how many book biographies, business people biographies, sports biographies are all about, you know, how I got became the best, how I achieved number one. So my question to you is, could you live with being number two? If you knew you just weren't going to be number one, and it wasn't a matter of working harder or really applying yourself, or digging in. It's just, you're going to be number two. If someone the else Avis. is going to be number one. Yeah, It's the Avis, Avis Award, right? That's the right. Avis. <laughs> Can you, could you live with this? We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, what Maury discovered, not just when he got sick, but later, I would say later in his life, um, because there were times where he spoke about, I should have, I should have written more. I should have published more in his world, you know, becoming quote unquote, number one would, would be the amount of recognition you receive probably for your written works, your books, your, your literary references, your, your uh, journals, you know, the things that you get published. And he didn't do that. He said he was kind of too busy being a good guy and being a friend to people and all that. And, and for a while he had some regrets about that and he used to beat himself up over it. Here's, here's a cut about that. Uh, uh, I should have written more books. Well, you're making up for that one. Uh, I didn't develop my intellect as much as I could have. I could have been much uh, more, quote, brilliant, unquote, than I let myself be, because I'd rather spend it on the heart than in the head. Maybe I made the right choice, anyway. But after he got a little older and Certainly, once he contracted ALS, the idea of being number one wasn't important to him anymore and ceased to be a driving force. So I ask you to consider, what would your life be like if you were not driven to be the top person in whatever it is that you're in your work, in your social group? In your local basketball team, your tennis club. The best baker, the best baker on the block. Right. The person who people say, oh, she does the best, blah, blah, blah. You know, even if it's organizing a cake sale, you know, even if it's, you know, a swim meet or whatever. Oh, the barbecues that she has are always the best. Her New Year's Eve party is the best New Year's Eve party. Whatever it is, we have this thing about like, got to be the best. Could you, can you, do you have it in you to say, I'm okay with not being the best. I'm all right with being number two because the energy that it takes, the chase to be number one, isn't something that I'm willing to do. 
It isn't something that I want to spend my precious moments on earth pursuing. Well, and also I think what anybody who's number one can tell you is that once you're number one at something, um, somebody's always going to come to oust you from that number one spot and or you're going to want to continue to be number one at something else and then something else. I don't think there's ever any satisfaction that number one really truly brings you. You know, I think it brings you more angst than satisfaction. So I think that if you just let it go, let it go, you won't even have to ever worry about any of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I don't mean to not try. Don't, don't but you misunderstand can strive me. to be good at something. Strive to be good. Strive to be excellent. Strive but to you be don't the have to absolute be the... best. Right. But, but you, does it you... mean that you have to be the best, the best in your field? I went through this. Interestingly, I've, I've had a number of these kinds of examples in my life. Uh, I had, there's an award that they give out in uh, the sports writing industry. Every year they judge everybody's work. You submit these columns like blindly, you know, so they don't know who wrote them. And then they award what they think is the best. And this was considered sort of the top honor in the sports writing business, right? And one year, when I was younger, uh, I finished second. And this was a huge thing of all the writers in the country to finish second. And I remember feeling like, wow, that's amazing. I finished second. Uh, but, man, I came so close. Oh, and that's probably, <laughs> that's probably as close as I'm ever going to come to one. And if I, if I had to be, you know, if I had to be that high, why couldn't it just be one? Why wasn't I one digit ahead? <laughs> right. And I remember thinking instead of, you know, when I could step back from myself, I remember thinking, you're not saying to yourself of all the writers in the country who cover sports for newspapers, you were voted the second of all of them. You're not looking at that's better than hundreds of others that, you know, competed in this. You're looking at the one spot that you didn't get. You're looking yes. at what you didn't have. And I knew that it was wrong. But in my youth, I felt that way. If I'm being honest, I felt like, yeah, so close. And, you know, why did it have to be two? It's almost better that I wasn't almost better that I wasn't second than you know, finishing second year, but maybe better to just not be in it at all. And then I don't have to kid myself that I could have done something a little See, bit more. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's too much stress. Then <laughs> the following year, I won it. Ah. And then, then what did you think? <laughs> I won it for the next 13 years or something like that, or 12 years. And I remember going from, oh, my God, I won it once. You know, I can I can like relax. It's <laughs> like, like I, I, I for once in my life, I won this thing and I can have, and then I won it again and then I won it again. And it has started to become like, oh, my God, I better not lose it. And the 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 emphasis and the worry every year before this thing came out, which was totally out of my control. It was judged by judges who were blind judging whatever. I mean, it's no way on earth that I'm. I'm going to have any ability to, to affect this. And I would worry about it like, I don't, I don't want to lose it because, you know, I've been at this high level here now and I don't want to not be the number one person. And that became its own sort of burden. And that became yeah. its own sort of weight 
That's a lot and to I don't carry. Think I, I don't think I realized it until I finally, the streak was broken. And yeah, I didn't, I, I, you know, and you know what? I didn't die. I didn't wither. I didn't wither away. Nobody thought less of me. And I realized, boy, that was a lot of, a lot of focus and a lot of energy on that spot, that one it's, spot. It's a lot to carry. Think about athletes yeah. who have to go through that all the time. You're the number one point scorer. You're the number one this. You're the number one that. The yeah, number the one Super team. Bowl champion. Yeah. See why yeah. it's so great to be a Detroit Lion. That now <laughs> when when they are doing so well, they win like three games. And everybody and gets like, excited. Yeah. Wow, the Lions are so great. It's just better to be. Well, it took I, me, I strive to be around here. <laughs> yeah. It, it took me a lot of years to try to get to that point. But I think I finally have where it's like, it's all right. If it'd be lovely, if this wins, it'd be lovely if it's number one, if whatever the thing is that measures success. But it's okay if it isn't. It's all right if it. My personality and my self-worth is not wrapped up in those things and that's the untanglement that you need to do to get to the point where you can say what's the matter with being number two or what's the matter with being number three you need to disentangle yourself from your own self-worth being tied to being the best so if you think like well i'm not worthy or what am i doing if i'm not the highest sales earner in my office this year? Or what am I doing if I don't win the best award in my field this year? If that physician's award that they give out or the best nurse in this hospital that they give out or employee of the month that they give out, whatever the contest is that pits people against one another, if I don't get that, then I'm not worthy somehow. I'm less yeah. than. I'm less than. I feel diminished. That's what you need to disentangle yourself from. Yeah, if you I agree. Can, yeah, if you can get to the point where if you win it, it's lovely. If you don't win it, it doesn't make a difference. That's where you want to be. Yeah. That's where you want to be. I, I'm 100% in agreement with that. I think getting older, too, helps with that. Like, I'm less interested in that now that I'm older than I was when I was younger, you know? I remember I, I being in this writing contest um, I won't mention the name of it, but it's a pretty prominent writing contest. I didn't place in the top, you know, whatever it was, three, and, and and you got this great prize, right? I didn't get it. But the people who did the writing contest then came to me to be a judge for their writing contest the following year. Oh, wow. And I was like, you wouldn't give me the award, but now you want me to judge all these other people? Like, how <laughs> does that work? So- I don't know. I took the judging thing and I just never entered anymore because I thought maybe, maybe I am okay <laughs> since yeah, they asked they me asked to, be, to a be a judge. Remember the, just weird. the choice that you made probably had that effect on somebody. You know, right. Down the because line, then I was judging chose. other people's things. That's right. Exactly. That's right. And, but, um, uh, and it is very subjective. Let me just tell you when you judge anything, any contest, yes, of course. think about the stupid dog show. You know, I look at that every year and go, <laughs> how can you, how can you do a Corgi versus a German shepherd? They're two completely different dogs. They all look nice and happy and pretty. They have clean teeth. They're all winners. Like you can't judge those things. Yeah. Uh, you're reminding me of the movie best in show at this best point. Movie. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Best movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you re I'm reminded of Rudyard Kipling's poem, the, the famous poem that's often quoted. If, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, that's the thing. 
Triumph and disaster are imposters. Number one or last placed are imposters. These are not things that determine your self-worth. These are not the things that will be the barometer of whether you are worthy or not. But right. you have to believe it yourself. You have to believe it yourself. And you can't, you know, you, you can't just pay lip service to it. You have to really say, you know, it just really doesn't matter. And and you have to get to that point. Maybe you have to reach a certain age. It's hard to say. Or maybe you just have to reach a certain point. I mean, obviously, you know, Maury got, got to that point when, when ALS struck him. What difference does it make being named top this or top that or whatever? You realize your mortality and you realize time's too short. But we shouldn't have to face things like that. You know, we shouldn't have to face terminal illnesses in order to appreciate where we're at in life and, 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 no. and, and you know, and, and how we don't have to be number one. Yeah. Or just stop trying. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's not. Well, yeah, I guess that's an alternative too. <laughs> you could just stop trying, but that's not what we recommend. Not at no. all. <laughs> so uh, just that little, I thought that little story was something to keep in mind. We're number one. We're number one. Remember when you hear that being cheered in a stadium somewhere, uh, remember Maury popping up and saying, what's the matter with being number two? And everybody just stunned and nobody able to like come up with an answer because nobody knows what's the matter with being number two. Well, the answer is there's nothing the matter right. with being number two. Ask yourself, are you okay being in second place or third place and knowing that you've got your priorities straight and you're okay with yourself? If you are, you've come a long way against a, a, a tough upstream of a culture that pushes being number one, pushes being number one, to being more content in your life. Because I, as, as someone who's covered sports for many, many years, I can tell you I've met a lot of number ones who are not particularly happy. And the day after they win something, they go back to work making sure they don't lose it the following year. And you wonder at some point, you know, where's the, where's the joy? Where's the appreciation? Where's the contentment? Where's the just, you know, I'm going to sit back and absorb all this. Um, yeah. It's a sometimes heavy burden. it never comes. Yeah. Heavy is the head that wears the crown so take that with you as we head into uh the last week before the holidays and we'll do this one more time before we get to christmas time and we thank you everybody who commented on the uh, radiothon or, or gave money or donated to our various charities as say detroit or have faith haiti and we appreciate your being with us here on tuesday people uh, until we get a chance to see you again with lisa goich i'm mitch album saying see you next tuesday Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>